Praise God. Let's give the Lord some praise. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord all the praise we can. Hallelujah. He's worthy of the praise. I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that the Lord is doing something. Uh, the Lord is doing and has done and is doing. The Lord spoke to me some time ago and he said, I'm going to shake all 24 time zones with my power. And I got news for y'all. It ain't just going to happen in the building. Praise the Lord. What God's got planned for this church, this building, and 10 others can't house it. Oh, hallelujah. What God's got planned for this church, this building, and 10 others like it, ain't got, it, 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 it don't have the capacity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to be involved in that. Now, you can be seated, praise the Lord, because I don't want you standing and getting tired. And, and we have, we have um, I don't call them, uh, I don't say older folks, I say seasoned folks. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I don't want to get in trouble, Brother Lewis. I, 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 I appreciate our elders. You know, my grandmother, my grandmother, I was, uh, first of all, I want to give honor to your pastor. I thank the Lord for him. And I want to say thank you to this wonderful church for allowing me to come. I have been truly honored to be here. And I uh, want to say thank you for the nice room that you provided and all the meals my grandmother um, was, I am a big proponent of praise because of my grandmother. My grandmother, at the age of eight years old, because praise is my default setting. It's when I don't know what else to do and I don't have an answer. I can always praise God. And so if you don't have an answer, you can praise your way into one. That's what I like about God. You can praise your way into an answer. And you can praise your way out of a prison. You can praise your way out of a problem. You can literally praise your way out of a prison. Don't tell me you can't do it because two old boys in Acts 16 did it. They literally praise them way, their way out of a prison. Oh, hallelujah. And so when the enemy says, I can hold you in, you can praise your way out. My grandmother was the one that taught me how to be a praiser. My grandmother, at the age of eight years old, my grandmother, at the age of eight years old, um, her grandfather... Uh, ran her feet over with a bunk board wagon. <clears throat> and uh, for all you young people, you'll have to look that up later on Google. Um, hallelujah, because you have no idea what that is, praise the Lord. 
but my um, my my great great uh, my great grandfather took and ran her feet over with a bunkboard wagon, and at eight years old, and then at that after that, um, gang green set in her toes, and her her own dad had to take and cut her toes off. Uh, and so my grandmother lived uh, her whole life with two half feet. My grandmother lived her whole life with two half feet. Had, I think, half of a brain too because she had 15 children, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I think that I, I'm thankful they kept on going, uh, Sister Gilbert, because my mama is the baby of 15. Uh, so I'm thankful they kept on going. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And so my grandmother, uh, my grandmother would take and go to the house of God. See, I, there's, there's some things I'll never understand. There's some things that is never going to register with me or God. And the one thing that just does not register to me or God is unfaithfulness. That doesn't register with God. He has, after all, after God has been so good to us. Okay, praise the Lord. After God's been so good to us. What do you mean you're not going to praise the Lord? How in the world can we get to the place where we're just, you know, I'll just set this one out. My grandmother, you come too late to tell me you can't praise the Lord. We got two whole feet and we got people that can't praise the Lord with two whole feet. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. We're going somewhere here tonight. And so uh, my grandmother was the one that taught me to praise the Lord. She, uh, I remember when I was about eight years old, I remember my grandmother moving in with me, uh, uh, with us at home. And uh, there was my grandmother that had a diabetic ulcer on the bottom of her foot, about the size of a half dollar. Uh, and uh, uh, she could, she would walk and uh, with that one crutch, uh, we, she lived in a little uh, little uh what we, some people would call a shack right next to the house. And uh, she'd keep it so hot in there, I could barely go in there. But I would walk in there sometimes, uh, and my grandmother would uh, be in there, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, she'd lift her hands and say, uh, just praise the Lord. Uh, uh, well, what are you praising the Lord about, Grandma? Uh, you got a diabetic ulcer on the bottom of your foot. You got two half feet uh, but I got news for you here today uh, grandma praise the Lord uh, because brothers and sisters uh, uh, she uh, had learned how uh, to praise the Lord uh, one time she almost got killed in a tornado uh, a tornado picked up her house uh, and threw it out in the field y'all ain't hearing me uh, and she began to pray and she learned how to praise the Lord anyway uh, oh God help this generation that doesn't have to have a nice car to praise God. Oh, 
somebody ought to praise the Lord. Ah, uh, Brother Wade, why do you, why are we praising the Lord like we are? Oh, I hear the old saints sometimes. I hear the old saints sometimes at the old home church. And they would bust out with something that says, uh, uh, some folks wonder how I can smile even though I'm going through a trial. How can I have a song when everything is going wrong? But I don't worry and I don't fret. My God has never failed me yet. Troubles come from time to time, but that's all right. I'm not the worrying kind because I got confidence. You young folks don't know nothing about that, but I got confidence my God's going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. Oh, somebody shout, I know he's going to fix it. 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 Somebody shout, I know he's going to fix it. 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 I don't have the money I need right now, but I know he's going to fix it. I don't have the car I want right now, but I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's going to fix it. High five your neighbor next to you and tell him he's going to fix it. Uh, he's going to fix it. He's going to fix it. He's going to fix it. He's going to heal your body. He's going to make a way where there is no way. I know he's going to fix it. You see now, brothers and sisters, I appreciate this. I appreciate God because he brought me out when there was no way out. Uh, now you, now you got to get a hold of this. For all of you that don't think you matter to God. For all of you that don't think God cares about you. I got news for you. We got about 10 billion people in the earth. Uh, right now. We got about 10 billion people in the earth. And of all the people that God chose, he chose you. Ah, hallelujah. Now, I like, I like Pastor Gilbert. I, I like this because, uh, you know, when you have, when you are, you know, naturally born to parents, sometimes you get to wonder, did they really want me? Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, sometimes you get to wondering, uh, did they really want me or was I just an inconvenience? Uh, but the apostle Paul picks up the pen uh, and he says, my brothers and sisters, uh, he says, you need to know uh, that you have not received uh, the spirit of bondage to fear again. Uh, but you have received the spirit of adoption I wish I had the time uh, you have received the spirit of adoption now many of you are not shouting about that because you don't know the meaning of the word adoption the word adoption means to make one yours by choice that means you were not an accident. God chose you before the foundations of the world. 
Ghost. Oh, yeah. So I want to tell somebody right now that feels like you're no good. That God don't care nothing about you. I got news for you. You are God's by choice. God's by choice. Somebody shout, I'm his choice. I'm his choice. I know a little bit about being adopted. I know a little bit about being adopted. Because see, ma'am, my biological birth father walked out on my family when I was three years old. Uh, hallelujah. Can I work this thing out? We're going somewhere in the Holy Ghost. Uh, my my biological birth father walked out on me when I was three years old and left us high and dry and it was a few years later that my mom remarried and the man that she remarried uh, took and adopted me some time ago the Lord about eight weeks before my dad died at the end of August he said I'd like for you to uh, study your two last names uh, I thought I'm sitting in a coffee shop and the Lord says to me I want you to study your two last names and so I thought well you know I, that sounds strange but I guess I'll go with it you see my birth name was Petty. Uh, please hear me. Uh, my birth name was Petty. Uh, and uh, is this okay? I hope I'm not boring you. Uh, uh, the, the, my birth name was Petty, uh, which means small mindedness and insignificance. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing me now. Uh, it means small mindedness and insignificance. Uh, and then I studied the last name Wade. Uh, it means to advance. It means to go forward. See, I'm going to tell some of y'all right now. God brought you out of insignificance and small-mindedness into his kingdom that is a kingdom of advancement. Hallelujah. That devil is a liar. I'm going to tell you, you matter to God. And God wants to work with you and do something in your life that has never been done before. I'm going to tell some of you right now in the Holy Ghost, God's getting ready to do something with you that has never been done in your family before. God's getting ready to do something with you and give you a deliverance that your family has never known. I said God's getting ready to do something in your family well brother Wade we ain't never had anybody in our family that has never been addicted well you're about to break the mold oh I know what I'm talking about we've never had anybody in our family that remained faithful to anything well you're about to break the mold and you're about to something that's never been broken I wish I had somebody hear me right now you're about to do something that's never been done uh, now woo, now listen to me very closely there was a man in the 1950s his name was Roger Bannister 
Uh, hallelujah. His name was Roger Bannister. Uh, I'm not going to be here all night. But I'm going to help some of you understand what's, what you got a hold of. Uh, listen to me. Uh, Roger Bannister was the first one to ever break the four-minute mile. Uh, hallelujah. He was the first one to ever run the mile in four minutes. Uh, now, I want to tell this church something. You don't know this about me, but you might as well get to know it right now. Uh, I'm built for comfort, not speed. Uh, so if you see me get to running uh, you better get to running because uh, there's problems going on somewhere uh, hallelujah uh, hallelujah I'm the I'm the 72 Cadillac sedan Deville uh, with the 472 engine uh, hallelujah I'm not fast off the starting line but once we get to rolling we're going somewhere uh, Hallelujah, Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile. Brother Davis, since that time, I would like to report to this congregation that since that time, there has been over 1,000 people break that four minute barrier. Well, Brother Wade, uh, uh, why is there so many now? It's because somebody had to break it first. Uh, hallelujah. Well, Brother Wade, how is my other family going to get out? God brought you out because... God brought you out so that your other family could come out of it too. I had the time. Your kids are not going to have to deal with that because you broke it. Oh, I wish somebody give God some praise in this house. My kids are not going to deal with that because I broke it right down here. That's what happened in this church Monday night. We brought something down to this altar and killed it so our kids don't have to deal with it. Hallelujah. But our problem is, ladies and gentlemen, our problem is we, and this is what I feel like the Holy Ghost uh, wants me to come and deal with here tonight. Uh, our problem is, ma'am, is that we know a Jesus based on performance. Uh, hear me now. We know and we are trying to serve a performance-based Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Where we only get a breakthrough based on our performance. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, but I got news for y'all here tonight. You see, the first entry-level relationship with God is you must know God as Father. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me yet. You must know God as Father. That's the first level of relationship with God. You must know Him as Father. Because if you don't know Him as Father first, then you'll try your whole life earning something that you can only get from the goodness of a Father. 
can I go on in here now? I want this church to hear what I'm going to tell you. Uh, you must understand. Now, I have a blonde hair, blue-eyed bombshell at the house by the name of Madison. Hallelujah. Uh, she's 19 years old. And uh, that girl a few years ago, uh, I'm talking about knowing God as Father. If you don't understand God as Father, everything you get from God, you'll think you have earned. Hallelujah. But I got news for you. God is not into performance based. God is into relationship. If you have a performance based mentality, it'll only work when you get in this building. But if you know him as father, you'll love on him every day of your life. And I want to tell some of y'all right now, God delights in your approach. He delights in you coming to him. Now I, now I got this, uh, uh, hallelujah. I got this blonde haired blue eyed bombshell at the house named Madison. And a few years ago, a few years ago, she discovered, I don't know who introduced it to her, but I, I would like to meet them, praise the Lord. They introduced her to this wonderful thing called Cash App. You know, it's the technology where you don't have to have a debit card and uh, they can just call you on the phone uh, and uh, you, she will. And the thing I learned, I found out Madison, uh, the thing I know about Madison, y'all, is Madison, uh, she will conveniently wait until she gets in the drive-thru of Starbucks to magically discover she doesn't have enough money. Uh, hallelujah. She doesn't have enough money. Listen to me. And she will text me and she will say, Dad, can you send me some money? I thought I had enough to get what I need. Uh, now listen, man, we're laughing because we got kids. Uh, hallelujah. We got kids and we know how this goes down. Uh, but I want to let you know how, how this really is. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Madison will wait till she gets in the drive-thru or somewhere else. And she will ask me now. Now, watch what she does. She will ask me for five dollars. Hear me. She will say, I need five dollars. But listen, I am a father. Oh, Y'all ain't hearing me yet. I am a father. Now she needs more than five dollars. But she's asking me based on her expectation. But because I am a good father, I know she needs more than five dollars. I think I read in that Bible somewhere that uh, he'll do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that you some of you think God is only wanting to give you a temporary healing but because he is your father he knows that you need more than that so he's going to go beyond himself 
hallelujah. And because I'm a good father, I'm going to send her $15. Because that's how good I am. Well, if I'm that good, and I'm nowhere near as good as God, what will God do for you? Oh, somebody ought to give God some praise in here. Oh, somebody shout, he loves me. He's going to do it for 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 me. Not because I'm performance-based, but because of his love for me. of his love for me he said if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids he said how much more will your father give you give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him oh hallelujah you must understand that every good and perfect gift comes from the father I'm trying to help you out here you see you see now, God is looking at us, and uh, you know, brother, most people do not uh, do not know why they do not know why they they speak with tongues. Oh, praise God! Most people do not know why they speak with tongues. To them, they think it's something neat that happens when you get the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen. Tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me very closely. Uh, my, but many of us do not know why we speak with tongues. Uh, we'll, we'll, we think it's some nice phenomenon. But I got news for you. Uh, it, it, it matters that you pray in an unknown tongue. It matters that you do that. Praying in an unknown tongue doesn't make you Pentecostal. Help me, I, I better not. Praying in an unknown tongue doesn't make you Pentecostal. In fact, I'd like to let you know God's not trying to make you Pentecostal. Oh, I better not. I, okay. God's not trying to make you Pentecostal. God's not trying to make you a denomination. God's trying to make you biblical. Pray in tongues because it's biblical. I pray in tongues because it's biblical uh, but ladies and gentlemen uh, praying in tongues isn't for you to sound weird uh, it's not meant for you to uh, sound spooky uh, my brothers and sisters according to 1 Corinthians 14 uh, and about the fourth verse uh, he that prayeth in an unknown tongue uh, edifies himself uh, wish I had the time. Now listen to me very closely. The word edify means to build or to expand. Uh, hear me. It means to build or to expand. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are expanding capacity to house something that you do not currently have. And that's why 
why you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost, not because it's weird, but because he that prays in the Holy Ghost expands Hallelujah. So when people tell you praying in the spirit is optional, you look at them like they out their minds. Uh, hear me. Uh, when they tell you praying in tongues is optional, uh, they're out their ever loving minds. Uh, because my brothers and sisters, uh, he that prays in an unknown tongue uh, expands capacity. Uh, Is this making sense? So ladies and gentlemen, you don't have everything you need. So when you pray in the spirit, that which you are lacking, God help me. I, can I break this down a little bit more? Now see, I, uh, Brother Lewis, I, I took and uh, th went the day of my dad's funeral. Are y'all still with me out there? I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to be here all night. Uh, but listen to me very closely. Uh, uh, brother, on the day of my dad's funeral, I'm sitting in the Starbucks. I'm sitting there in Starbucks, and uh, the Lord brings to me Malachi, everybody's favorite scripture. The Lord brings to me Malachi 3 and 11. And Malachi 3 11 says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Is that what it says? Now listen to me very quick. Now some of y'all getting tight because you think I'm gonna go talk about money. Uh, if you get tight when somebody talks about money, we know where your God is. Oh, I, I, oh, oh, okay, I'll try that again. If you get tight when somebody talks about money, we just found out where your God is. Hallelujah. You, you just, we just found out where your God is. When somebody's talking about resources and finance and, and, and expansion and they're talking about, uh, don't get nervous. I'm not up here trying to shake nobody down. I'm trying to tell some of y'all, but I'm going to drive this out right here. I'm going to tell you right now, if you get nervous when somebody talks about money in the kingdom, uh, I want you to know you're serving another master. Uh, but if when they start talking about resources, uh, you start getting excited, uh, you know who your source is. Now listen, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Uh, now watch, he says, uh, uh, at the end of verse 10, I think it is, he says, uh, uh, it's verse 10, he says, uh, uh, you, uh, he says, I'll pour you out a blessing uh, that there won't be room enough to receive it. Uh, now watch, I'm sitting in the Starbucks uh, at, at, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, when the, when I, the Lord brings this passage to me, uh, I don't know why, I mean, my dad is laying there. We getting ready to have my dad's funeral uh, when the Lord brings this to me uh, and about that time I get mad uh, I say to the Lord uh, I said now Lord uh, I have a problem with that uh, I said because I've never seen that happen uh, God, well, help me somebody. Uh, I've never seen that 
happen. Uh, praise the Lord. And neither have some of you because uh, obviously because you're not shouting up and down about it. Uh, please listen to me very closely. Uh, uh, I, I, we're all in the same boat now. I, has, I said I have never seen that. And I wrestled with the Lord for four days over that. I mean borderline disrespectful. I said now Lord you're going to have to help me because now I'm upset. Now I'm frustrated. Now I, I, I got to have an answer. And the Lord says to me look at the word room. Hallelujah. He says, uh, look at the word room. Uh, the word room denotes capacity. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing me yet. Uh, he said, the word room denotes capacity. Uh, he said, Bobby, uh, I do not have a resource problem. Uh, you have a capacity problem. I don't think you heard what I just said. I want you to know we the God don't have a resource problem. He ain't never had a resource problem, but you have a capacity problem. And I'm going to tell this church right now, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, and when you open your hand to God, you create capacity that was never there before. Somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house. Somebody better praise the Lord in this house. I don't know about you, but I need some capacity expanded in here. I gotta have some expanded capacity. I gotta have some expanded capacity. There's some revelation I need, and I don't have it, but I can pray in the Holy Ghost at the Oh, lift your hands, and if you could pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you need a greater deliverance than what you have, but you don't currently have the capacity to receive it. But if you can pray in the Holy Ghost, you can expand your capacity to receive what you've never received. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't wait for the rest of the sermon. God wants us to expand something in this church. Come on. There are some of you that need a great deliverance. And God doesn't have a resource problem. We've got a capacity problem. And we, we've got a capacity issue. Some of you have businesses and you need an answer concerning your business and you don't know how you're going to get it and you're sitting there struggling with it. Well, you don't have the answer, but you don't have the capacity to receive the answer. So while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, God is expanding your vessel to receive guidance that you've never had. Yeah. 
God, God will bring the people into your life that you need. God will bring the people into your life that you need. somebody while you're praying in the Holy Ghost God's working on an, on another element somewhere while you're praying in the Holy Ghost God's working on a connection for you across town while you're praying in the Holy Ghost God's bringing the partnerships that you need my God Increase the capacity, Lord. the capacity increase the capacity when you pray in the Holy Ghost it will increase favor it'll increase the capacity for you to receive favor listen to me I'm not talking about some name it and claim it blab it and grab it I'm talking about operating with God and knowing who you are and coming before his presence and praying in the spirit I'm going through a lot of pressure right now I'm going through a lot of pressure right now well you remember I oh God oh God I feel like the Lord is expanding capacity right here expands reach over next to somebody and pray for them right now in the Holy Ghost pray in the Holy Ghost with them 
pray in the Holy Ghost with them. Now I'm going to tell you what's getting ready to happen. The Holy Ghost. Listen to me. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. But I want you to listen to me very closely. Because the Spirit of God just spoke to me. I know it was God. Because I didn't come up with this by myself. Just now. The Lord said to me. That when we pray in the Holy Ghost together now. He is going to expand this church's capacity to work with one another. This, may, this church may operate in the most perfect unity there's ever been operated in. It may, but I, 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 I'm going to tell you what I know in the Holy Ghost though. The Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me and said, when we pray in the Holy Ghost together, now... In this service, there's going to be an expanded capacity to work with one another. We're going to have more mercy towards each other than we've ever had. There's going to be more love that flows from one to another than there's ever been in this church. And I don't feel no bad spirits or nothing like that. But what God's getting ready to pour out on this church, there's got to be an expanded capacity to work together like there's never been. So I want you to grab a hold of that hand next to you. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, there's, there can be... Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, just because you have a personality conflict doesn't mean it's a devil. Help me. I, just because you got a little bit of personality difference doesn't mean it's a devil. It means we're going to have to lay our personality down on the altar and we're going to have to put down our personalities and we're going to have to pick up the nature of Christ. Where the devil has lied to you and has told you you're by yourself and you've been in alone and you've been in an isolation chamber, that is a lie from hell. I'm going to tell you right now in the name of Jesus, we this body needs you more than you ever know in this world. This body needs each other. we're going to work together nothing's going to divide us there is going to be an expanded capacity to have unity unity in our houses unity my god my god my god my god we don't have we don't have a resource problem we got a capacity problem we don't have a resource problem we got a capacity problem but it's changing in the holy ghost right now it's changing i gotta have you now more than i've ever had i've got to have you now more than i've ever had i got i need you now more than i've ever needed you oh i'm not talking about god only i need you as my brother you as my sister I'm laying my personality down. I'm laying 
every preconceived idea down. I'm laying it down because I gotta have you. I got to have you. Oh, God put you in my life because you got something in you that I need. And God put me in your life because I have something in me that you need. together with God we're working together with God we're working together with God I lose unity into every family in this building I lose unity into every family unit I lose unity into every family unit.
This is amazing. Hallelujah. This is the will of God. All right. Let me just say this to you. The Lord, I don't believe in lying on God. The Lord, well, first of all, let me say this. Brother Davis, do you know how fast God can bring a deliverance? We don't have a total understanding of how fast God can work a deliverance. The Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness. If God is light, if God is light, light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. That's how quickly God can bring you a deliverance. God moves in light years. And he can move in light years because he's not bound by time. You think, do you think God's got a money problem? No. Do you think God's got a problem with resources? No, he does not. Last year, last year, I'm sitting on my couch. I kid you not. Last year, I'm sitting on my couch. I've got an old farmhouse. It's on a pier and beam system. Built in 1943. I'm grateful for it. When they built this house, they built a, this house and the kitchen is a 10 by 10 kitchen. You can barely turn around in there. I'm sitting on my couch and I said to the Lord, Lord, this is not right. It's not right. My wife deserves better than this. Lord, I could live in a shack, but my wife doesn't deserve this. Well, praise the Lord. I'm talking to the Lord. I got a cup of coffee in my hand, and I'm talking to the Lord like this. I said to the Lord, 
Now, Lord, I said, Father, I'm not going to get a loan to fix this. I'm not getting a home equity line of credit. I'm not doing it. I honor you in giving. I do exactly what I'm supposed to be doing to the best of my ability. And I said, but I'm not coming for me. I'm telling you, my wife doesn't deserve it. And I said, Father, do you have the money to fix this? You think I'm joking. And it was like I could almost, you know, in my thoughts, I'm thinking, the Lord's, that sounds like a silly question, but the Lord's up there saying, yes, I do. And I'm like, well, if you've got the money, I receive the provision. Okay. Well, I said, because Lord, I don't have it, but you do. And so I receive your resources. Praise the Lord. I'd like to report to you that in four months time God brought to me the resources in four months time God brought me to the, res the resources to me to remodel that whole house that I okay well praise the Lord you know why some of y'all ain't excited about that because it didn't happen to you but I'm going to tell you right now, God gave me the resources to remodel the kitchen, to tear out walls, to fix stuff. I tell you, that's how quickly God can go to work on something. I'm telling you right now what I know. God wants to move at the speed of light on somebody's behalf here tonight. told me the Lord told me on Memorial Day weekend on Memorial Day weekend and I, I'm, I'm almost done now I, I'm not I'm not here to keep you all night but I'm seeding the atmosphere with something here the Lord told me on Memorial Day weekend standing in right outside of Columbus Ohio I was getting ready to preach and the Lord brings me to Genesis 41 Genesis 41, Joseph becomes prime minister at the age of 30. When he becomes prime minister at the age of 30, the Bible says that when he becomes prime minister, he sows seed. And the earth gave back handfuls. That's in that Bible. He sowed a seed and the earth brought forth handfuls. And the Lord said to me, in the next seven years, I am going to unleash a harvest on my people. The Bible said that when it started bringing forth by handfuls, the Bible said they left off numbering it because it could not be counted. 
the Lord said to me, I'm getting ready to release a harvest on this earth that is not going to be able to be counted. You're going to sow a seed and you're going to get a family in return. This church is about to be really busy. This church is about to be really, really, really busy because you're going to sow a seed. You think it's just going to be one person, but you're going to get a whole family. That one seed is going to... From now to 2030, y'all better get your sacks out, baby. You better get your bushel baskets out. I feel just a little resistance right now, but I'm going to, I'm obeying God. Press through it, Brother Wayne. Some of y'all think I'm talking about money. I'm not talking about money right now. I'm talking about harvest. I'm talking about working with God in the harvest. I'm not talking about money right now. We're going to talk about money another time. I'm not talking about money right now. I'm talking about sowing a seed. I'm talking about releasing what is in you. I'm talking about releasing what your testimony is. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a man that went forth and sowed seed. That's what it says. It's like a man that sowed seed. And some of that seed fell on wayside. That means it didn't do nothing. Then some of that seed fell on stony ground. That's the ground that's always offended. I better not. I... That's the ground that's always got their feelings hurt. It's 743. I don't want to be here all night. It's the ground that's always got their feelings hurt. It's the ground that always wears their feelings on their shoulders. Then he says, and go and read it. He said, it's the ground that's got offense. It's the ground that's always offended. Well, hallelujah. It's that ground that, that every time they turn around, they, 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 they have their feelings hurt about something. God said it ain't going to work. Then he said, there's thorny ground. It's the ground that is choked out by the cares of this life. They're more interested. They're more interested in what's in it for me. Hallelujah, I'm moving on. And it's ground that is deceived by riches. Hallelujah. They'd much rather have a career than the kingdom. And I believe in having a career. Don't get me wrong. I believe in that. I believe you ought to work. Man, don't work, don't eat. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe that. You ought to want to work. But then he said, there was the good ground. And he said, when that seed finds good ground. Somebody shout, good ground. ground. When that seed finds good ground, 
the very least it's going to produce is 30 fold. Listen to me, not 30 times, 30 fold. And there is a difference. Now, there was a mathematician that was way smarter than I am, praise God, way smarter than I am, and he got to looking at the 30-fold. Somebody say 30-fold. He got to looking at the 30-fold, and he just couldn't take it no more, so he got to crunching the numbers. When he got to crunching the numbers, he found out, my brothers and sisters, that 30-fold the very least you're going to be able to, you're going to get on good ground, the very least 30-fold was 2 billion. I'm going to say it again real slow for some of y'all to get it because you gave us one of those PGA golf claps. I'm going to try it one more time. The very least... 30-fold is 2 billion. I, I'm going to tell you right now, my Bible said there's a harvest coming that no man can number. You think this building's big enough now? So, so he said, if you want to step it up, it's going to be 60-fold. 60-fold is not 4 billion. 60-fold is one quintillion. You can't even register that in your mind. I can't register it. I don't even know how many zeros that is. But then he said, there's an extreme end to this called 100-fold. Would you like to take a guess about what 100-fold is? 100-fold is almost infinity. It's called one non-million, ladies and gentlemen. We don't even know how. That, that's like 50-something zeros. God's saying to this church, if you'll partner with me, the very least. The very least is two billion. So let me tell you what's getting ready to happen. And then we're going to go home. Praise the Lord. The very least that's going to happen. So... The Bible says concerning the sons of Issachar, the Bible said they knew where the land was pleasant. This is very key. They knew where the land was pleasant, Brother Lewis. Now, I've heard my whole life, if you just sow a seed, you're going to get a harvest. Well, that's a nice idea. But it's false. Because I used to live in Michigan. And I planted a lot of tomato plants in my lifetime. But it don't take too many brain cells to know 
that if I planted a tomato plant in a snowdrift, I'm not getting no tomatoes. I'm not getting no tomatoes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just where you sow, it's when you sow. But God is going to partner with this church to lead this church to the place where the land is pleasant. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of dealing with people that don't want to do what's right. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be beating my brains out dealing with stuff where people don't want to make a, they don't want to make the trip. They don't want to be saved. You're begging them to be saved. God is going to lead us to where the land is pleasant. They're ready to receive the engrafted word of God. Does anybody want to be involved in that? Oh, somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. See, if you allow God to take you where the land is pleasant, if you don't, if you don't do that, you'll be thinking there's something wrong with the seed. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be thinking there's something wrong with the seed. You'll be thinking there's something wrong with the word of God. There's nothing wrong with God's word. There's something wrong with the soil. We got to get the soil correct. There ain't nothing wrong with the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me. There ain't nothing wrong with God's word. His word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish whether to he has sent it. My God, I feel the presence of God in this house. If you don't let God lead you to where the land is pleasant, you'll get to believe in there's something wrong with his word. And this is why many of the, many people have left truth. I know what I'm talking about. This is why a lot of ministries have walked out on truth. Because they got to believing, they got to believe, they got to dealing with a bunch of people that was wayside soil. Is this okay? I, they got to dealing with people that were hard and calloused and resistant. And every time they turned around, they had an axe to grind and they wouldn't let the word of God bust up the soil. Uh, they wouldn't let the word of God dig out the thorns uh, so they could have a harvest uh, and they got discouraged I'm in the Holy Ghost right now there are people they got discouraged they got bogged down and they got to, they got deceived and the devil said there's something wrong with the seed when there was nothing wrong with the seed if they would have prayed God would have led them to the place where the soil was ready yeah. 
Oh, throw your hands in the air and say, God, I want to have ready soil. I myself want to have soil that's ready. I want to have soil that's ready. I want to have soil that's ready. But not only that, but lead me, God, to people that their heart is open. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with the seed nothing wrong with the seed come on pray in the Holy Ghost say God whatever come back I'm going to come back the Lord's going to open the door for me to come back but I want this church to hear me anytime you're in prayer and you feel and you're in prayer and you feel a wall it's an indication of an unsubmitted will something in your life is not surrendered Something in your life is not surrendered. Anytime you're... When you're in prayer or you're in the house of God and the man of God's preaching and you feel something raised up in your will, that is a signal that you have an unsurrendered will, sir. unsurrendered will and God can't move past it because he won't move past your will not my will some of you need to start right now tonight submitting all of your senses to God I couldn't say what I was saying tonight. I can't say what I was saying tonight, Sister. Sister Gilbert, I couldn't say what I'm saying tonight. If not in the last two months, God hadn't broke me. Where I had to come down before God. Oh, you, Brother Wade, you're a prophet of God. Yeah, yeah, me, me, Bobby Wade. Because when I come before God, you can't come before God with your heirs. You can't come before God with your titles. You can't come before God with your positions. Because he don't care nothing about your position. You have to come down there. And I... And I, in, in the last two months, I've had God break me. I've had to become broken before God and say, God, 
I want your will to swallow up my will. And don't go to asking God to swallow up your agenda if you don't really mean it. And if some of you don't become broken before God, if you don't become broken, it's not my job to humble you. It's your job to humble yourself. And if you don't humble yourself, God's got a mechanism that will help you become humble. Throw your hands all over this house and lift your hands in the air. Oh God, I lay myself before you. I'm really not all of that. I'm not too proud. I don't have too much of an identity. I can't lay it down. Come on. In the closing minutes of this service, lay yourself before God. Oh God, I get myself. I humble myself. I lower myself. I lower myself. I lower what I think I am. I lower who I think I am. And I humble myself. When's the last time you told God, I, I surrender my five senses to you? I surrender my eyes and my ears. I surrender my, my touch. I surrender my walk. I surrender my smell. I surrender. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. I surrender my taste to you. I surrender it all. I surrender my will. I surrender. I surrender. I give it. I yield it. I'm not asking you to get involved with what I'm doing. I want you, I want to be involved in what you're doing. I don't want you getting involved in what I'm doing. I want to get involved with what you're doing. I lay myself down. I take up my cross. I take up my cross. Hey, sir. Hey, ma'am. Surrender. 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 Not my will. Not my will. Surrender. Not my will. Not my will. Well, God wants me to be happy. I got news for you. His will 
matters more than your happiness. Folks, I know we talk a lot about submission, but you can't fully submit until you're willing to surrender. You cannot submit until you're willing to surrender. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost, not what I think, not what I got out of somebody's tape club. I'm telling you what I had to go through myself. I'm telling you what I had to lay down myself. There's no, there's probably not anybody in this room, ma'am, that has a stronger will than Bobby Wade. But I've had to take my will and bring it down. And I've had to lay my will down. I had to surrender. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me if I surrender. Surrender anyway. I might lose control. That's what you need to do. Surrender. 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 We can't submit to each other unless we have surrendered to his headship.